Good morning. It's good to see everyone here today. Let's all stand. Happy Mother's Day. Let's uh, worship the Lord today. the sound of the rain from the mouth of the preacher and the sinner the same tender as a whisper but loud in its refrain may it hang on my lips for the rest of my days there is something about the name of Jesus it sounds like forgiveness, sounds like amazing praise. It beckons my soul to sing forever. There's just something about that name. You can pay it over family when we rise and then we sleep. Speak it over sorrow. Always giving peace, we'll sing it in the famine or in prosperity. May we never forget that He is all that we need. There is something about the name of Jesus. It sounds like forgiveness, sounds like amazing soul to sing forever. There's just something about that name. There is still no other name. You still have the power to save. You can empty Jesus, it's your name. There is still no other name. You still have the power to
Your strength that found me at my weakest Your grace poured out at my despair And I feel lifeless, tired, burned out and defeated Your perfect love will find me You called my name, you made all things new. Oh, I was dead, but look at me now, I found revival in you. You gave me life, cause that's what you do. Oh, I was dead, but look at me now, I found revival in you. While dreams were breathing to existence My broken heart began to beat There's no more fear in now my bitter disappointment Became my greatest victory Oh, you called my name You made Look at me now, I found revival in you. thank you today for this opportunity to be in your house Lord we thank you for your presence Lord we pray that you would help us Lord as we worship you today God I pray for brother Daryl as he delivers your word in a little bit we just uh, want to thank you for this beautiful day in your presence here in Jesus name I pray amen
Amen. You may be seated this morning. I didn't want to do this all week, but I felt the Lord touching me. And during the songs, I just really felt it strong. I work at the flower shop, and all this week, of course, we did a lot of bouquets for mothers. And I told Rosemary, I said, you know, I, I could make it. If I could get a dollar for every time I wrote to the most wonderful mother in the whole world, I, I'd be rich today. And I think it's great that we take a day to honor our mothers. But if you're a mother here, you know there's no such thing as the most wonderful mother in the whole wide world. We all have made mistakes in raising our kids. There are things that I would do different if I could go back. And my mother was a wonderful mother. And I think one of the things that she gave to me is she talked to me about her mistakes. Early on, she made mistakes. But when she finally came back to the Lord and gave her, her life to him, she spent the rest of her life trying to love him and trying to help and show the people that she loved how to come to him and let him change their life. And because of that, I came to know the Lord at an early age. And, and even though I've made mistakes along the way, I've tried to, I've tried to stay with him and let him live his life through me. And I just saying all of this to tell you mothers that maybe have feel like you've made too many mistakes. It's never too late to come to the Lord. He can take all of the mistakes and, and all of the bad choices that you've made, all the times that you just didn't do what you were supposed to do. And he can, I don't know how he does it, but he has a way of making so much good come about out of so much bad. If you'll just come to him and let him use you. That song that we sang, Loving My Jesus, I told Daryl that last time we sang it, I said, my mother would have loved that song. That, that would have been her motto for her life. And I just pray today that all you mothers would just every day give it all to him because he can, he can help you be the mother that you need to be, that you should be. And when you do mess up, he can take it and he can work it for good. And I, I wish I could have said all that better, but 
I just felt like that's what the Lord wanted me to do. Sometimes I, uh, you know, I can say a lot of things, but it doesn't mean the same because I'm not a mom. So some, sometimes things coming from a mom make a lot uh, more sense, have a lot more power to it. If you have your Bible, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. <laughs> Hebrews 11, 4, we've been working our way through the book of Hebrews on Sundays, and we come to verse 4. Now, uh, you'd say, how on earth is he going to get a Mother's, Day, <laughs> a Mother's Day message out of that? And I would agree with you, I've wondered the same thing. But I just couldn't get past this verse. And uh, we looked at Hebrews 3. We're, I promise you, we're not just going one verse each week. But it has been that way the past few weeks. We looked at Hebrews 3 last week, looking at Hebrews, Hebrews 3. Hebrews 11, 3 last week. Hebrews 11, 4 to today. But uh, as I usually do on Mother's Day, Father's Day, I I do want to speak to the moms first, but uh, about halfway through, we're going to shift gears, and it's going to be for everybody. Uh, I really appreciate the moms who are here, but most of us who are here are not moms, so I want to be able to speak to all of us, but it will tie tie together what moms go through to a degree we we all will. We're going to look at... Look at Cain and, Cain and Abel out of Hebrews 11, verse 4. The, the scripture is going to be on the screen. Also, there's an outline of this message on the back side of your announcements if you'd like to use that. By faith, Abel, the whole chapter is about faith. All right. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. <coughs> I hope you remember that story. I'm not going to go deep into that, but Cain and Abel, the first, the first children, uh, and then this offering that they gave to the Lord. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he attained a witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. And that's why we're looking at the scripture right now. Abel being dead, but through that, he still speaks to us. There was a confrontation, and Cain kills Abel. I'm going to take that story and use Eve. I'm going to take that story and just kind of go from the beginning to the end and then make make application of it. Um, I almost titled the message today, Bipolar Mom, okay? But I thought, you know, somebody's going to look on our website or whatever and see Bipolar Mom and not hear the message and think, eh, I don't really want to listen to that. That's kind of offensive or whatever. Bi- bipolar simply means, right, very high and very low. Isn't that a pretty good description of what being a mom can be like? Very high and very low. Now, if you're a real young mom and you say, well, I haven't experienced that yet, well, hang on, okay, just hang on. Adam and Eve, first parents, uh, Cain first, Abel next. Now, just I, I've just thought about this. I'm, I'm just thinking I'm a dad, you know, I'm, I'm not a mom, but I'm a, but I'm a dad and I've been through 
some things too. And so Cain, Cain and Abel, first, first kids, Cain, the first child born, Adam, Adam and Eve, the first parents. Now, the difference is they've never been through anything like this before. Cain is going to be born. How? Okay, how? Have you ever thought about that? Eve's wondering, how? How is this? You know, there's no book written. There, no one's ever done this before. So Eve is expecting Cain. And uh, on a certain day, we don't have any idea what day it was. We don't have any idea, idea when it was. But Cain is born. I cannot imagine what Eve had to go through. I do kind of imagine what Adam had to go through, though. He's never seen this before. Never seen this before. Cain comes out. Adam, I mean, I was a little bit like this. Are they supposed to look like that? You know, is that really what this is supposed to look like? And so, man, uh, it's not... I don't know if being there for childbirth, and I don't, I don't know if that's the greatest thing you'll ever see, but it's going to rank up there, okay? So, so Cain, Cain is born, and that's, that's, one of the high, that's one of the high points, okay, one of the highlights. Uh, some dads say when they're in the delivery room that they got to watch their children be born. I've been through that four times. I can honestly say I've never actually watched my children be born. The nurse, I was always up there by Dee Dee's head, you know, and, and I hold, holding her hand and had my arm around her, and I'm doing what all dads are supposed to do, right? When, they're going th when the wife is going through childbirth, what's dad supposed to do? Breathe. Supposed to tell her, breathe, breathe, and I'll get to that in a second. So the nurse, there was a mirror on the other end, okay? And the nurse would always say, uh, I'm adjusting the mirror, can you see? And I would say, yeah, I see it just fine. And every time, well, are you sure you can see it? Yeah, I, I can see it just fine. So I've never actually watched a children being born. I was in the room. But I was doing what Dad's supposed to do. I was helping her breathe. But I never realized it until getting ready to preach this. I never caught it, and I finally figured it out. This whole thing of the childbirth class and dad helping mom breathe that's just a fantastic ruse and it and it dawned on me and I remember Dee Dee doing this one time I said breathe honey breathe and she said will you shut up I'm breathing just fine it's not to get mom to breathe it's to get dad to breathe and there there it's all a trick it's all a ruse to try to, he's thinking he's helping mom, but they just don't want dads passing out in the, in the room. So it's all about dad's breathe. Dad, so, I, you know, I've been, I've been through that. And so just imagine what Adam and Eve went through on that first birth. Is this really, is this really what it's supposed to be like? Yes. And it is one of the, it's one of the highlights in life. It is. May not be, you know, the uh, childbirth is not a miraculous event. It's a natural event. It's not a miraculous event, but it's really close, okay, it's really close. So they go through the childbirth event twice, 
and that's just one of the highlights of life, and it's, the, it's one of those high points. When we get to this story here, and you'd have to go back in the book of Genesis, I think it's 3, 4, and 5, and read the story. So Cain and Abel grow up, and they grow up to be adult men. And apparently, along the way, they are having a relationship with God. And they know that, that they are, there, there, there comes this time where they begin to, to sacrifice and, and give offerings. And I'm convinced myself when I read the story, it's, it's not so much, I don't think, the offering that each one gave, the offering to God. We know, we know that Abel tended sheep, and so he, he brought an, an, an offering of his flock. Cain tended, tended the ground, grew. He brought an offering of his garden. It's not so much that one is, I don't think, one is meat and one is fruit or vegetables. It was the heart behind it. And so Adam and Eve, Eve watched as her sons grew up. And she watched as her sons became men, became adult men. And she watched as, as they became adult men that they were able to make choices on their own. So she watched Abel as he made choices and she watched Cain as he made his. And we know from the story we can kind of get hints about the, the character, the personality of each of the two sons. A Abel offers his offering to God and it was accepted. Cain offers his offering to God, and he is not accepted. And I do think it's more of the condition of the heart. And Cain proves it by his response when God has a conversation with him. But I want to I I take Abel first. As Eve watches all this, and, and I'm sure this is not the only year or even probably the first year. This is just a particular year. As, as Eve watches this, as Abel brings his offering to God. And, and I don't know, the Bible doesn't say that Eve had to tell him to do it. You know, this, she watched as her son is growing in his relationship with God. And she watched as he tended the sheep and so forth, and he went through the trouble and the effort to bring this offering to God all on his own. Eve watches it. As her son grows up, becomes not only mature as a man, becomes mature in God. And the, you know how that feels. The, the pride that you see, the pride that you feel as you watch your child grow up and as you watch your child taking on a relationship with God all on their own. It's not any longer you having to tell them to do it. They're doing it because they want to. They're doing it because they choose to. And so Abel's having this relationship with God, and, and Eve watches that. But it's not always like that, is it? So she, she can see that in Abel, but then there's Cain who brings an offering to it. I don't really think it's so much what it was. It's the condition of the heart. And Cain and God have a conversation. And God talks to Cain about the, about the condition of his heart. And Cain becomes angry with God. Because God has questioned him. 
And it's actually the, the irony of that is the response of Cain to God proves that God was right. And so Cain and God have this discussion and Cain becomes angry. And he, God questions the condition of Cain's heart and Cain becomes angry about that. And Eve, to a degree, is watching that too. So the high point is she is the son that's having this great relationship with God all on his own. She doesn't have to tell him to do it. But then another child who's just not having that relationship at all. In fact, going the other way, bipolar. The very high and the very low. And Eve is watching it all. And so eventually things don't get better, things get worse. Cain just can't get over it. He wasn't disciplined by his parents. He was disciplined by God. And he can't get over the anger of all that, proving that what God said was exactly right. And so, and you know how the story ends. One day Cain and Abel go out into the, the field and Cain kills his brother. And Eve didn't watch that, but Eve knows that. I can't imagine how Eve feels, okay? But to watch, to go from the very highs to the very lows. If you're looking at your outline, right here is where we make the shift. There are levels of caring. There are levels of caring. A good mom cares deeply. A good mom cares deeply. We're, we're not going to move on and we'll leave that screen right, but there are levels of caring, there are levels of love. A good mom cares deeply. And so things that I just described and the scenes that played out before Eve, got, had being, being a good mom, it had to get into her deeply. It, there's the greatest joy and there's the greatest pain. Because you care deeply. Now, if you don't care deeply, there's not the greatest joy and there's not the, not the greatest pain. It just doesn't affect you all that much. But the, by the fact that it has affected you that much means you care deeply. The greatest joy. I don't know. I'm gonna, I, I know you're not going to want to hear this, but this is the truth. Moms and for all of us, you know what? The pictures, we used to say the pictures you have in your billfold or in your purse. Now we say the pictures on your, on your phone. I know you don't want to hear this. Nobody cares about those pictures as much as you do, okay? Why? Because they're yours, and you care so much. Nobody care, but nobody cares as much as you do. That's why you can go to a, a t-ball game, and watch your child throw dirt the whole game. And you're so proud of that child. Look, that's my kid. Well, all your kid's doing is throwing dirt. But that's my kid. Nobody gets as much joy out of watching a kid throw dirt on a t-ball uh, field as moms do. Levels of caring. Because you're mom and you care. Now, that's the high point. 
Nobody cares as much as you do about the high points. And nobody cares as much as you do about the low points. Now, uh, let's make a shift right here and go from just moms to all of us. Here's what's wrong with you is you care. That's your problem is you care. That's why it bothers you so much because you care. If you didn't care so much, it wouldn't bother you so much. But it's because you care. So it's moms and it's dads and it's grandmas and it's grandpas and it's just good friends and it's pastors and it's teachers at school and it's teachers at church and it's just people who care about each other, love each other, and because we care so deeply, we have so much joy when things are going well with you, and there's so much pain when things are going bad with you because we care so much. It's the level of care is what's wrong with us. We care. We care. And so there's those great highs, and there's those great lows. Levels of care, levels of love, the same thing, if you look at John chapter 15, verse 13, we're going to put this uh, scripture on the screen, John 15, 13. Levels of care, levels of love. There are levels of love. It simply comes from that verse right there. Greater love has no one than this, that a man than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus said that. Now, you see that, right? Greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends, that you would give your life for someone. By the fact that Jesus said greater love has no one than this, that means that there is lesser love. There, there are people who love a little bit less. The problem with that some of us have is we have that greater love. And this is that point where there are people in our life where we love someone more than yourself. And that's going to be the next screen. Where you love someone more than yourself. That's greater love. Now, that's not for everyone. But there are some people, moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, husbands and wives, te teachers at school, teachers at, at, teach at church, just good friends and love each other. Loving someone more than yourself. That's exactly the greater love that Jesus talked about. There is no greater love than this, but that a man would lay down his life for his friends. That you would die for them. You would die for them. That's how much you love them. And that's why there's so much joy when things are going well with them. When, when their relationship with God is right, there's so much joy there. And that's why there's so much pain when there's so much pain. It's because you love them so much. Loving someone more than yourself. That's what's wrong with you. <laughs> that's what's wrong with you. Is you love them more than yourself. And you can't just let go. And you can't just stop loving them. 
because you love them more than yourself. And so while everyone else may give up, while everyone else may quit, while everyone else backs away, when everyone else walks away, when everyone else turns their back and leaves, when everyone else gives up, you don't. Why? Because you love them more than yourself. Now, the only thing worse than that is to not do that. The only thing worse than being a mom who cares deeply is being a mom who doesn't. The only thing worse than being whatever that loves deeply is being one who doesn't. And we're going through, we're going through and we're experiencing the life of the really high and, and the really low because we love. Simply because we love. And we don't love just a little bit. We love them with all of our heart. We love them more than we love ourselves. Matt, if you would, uh, would you put that verse, uh, John 15, 13, back up, and we'll just leave that verse up there. Greater love is no one than this. But you would lay your life down for them. In fact, you are. You are day by day giving your life for them because you love them so much. That's the life of someone who loves and cares. I'm going to do th two things before we pray. This is the kind of thing that I would usually do just before the just for our prayer time. I'm going to do it now while we're while we're still in our seats. I want to remind you two things before we pray. Jesus, oh, um, let me start this way. Sometimes because we love someone. We love them more than ourselves. We would give our life for them, but there's really no one else. And I want you to, to know that. Sometimes whoever that person is, with a child, a grandchild, someone in your class, someone in your church, some, sometimes the, the, the way you feel about them, as strongly as you love them and care about them, you're the only one. Everyone else may have turned their back. Everyone else has given up, but you haven't. You're the only one. I want to remind you of this, though that Jesus loves them more than you do. And he's right there with you. Jesus loves them more than you do. That verse right there, who is Jesus really talking about? Himself. As Jesus gave his life on the cross, greater love is no one than this than, than one would lay down his life for his friends. He's talking about himself. That applies to us too. But he's talking specifically about what he did on the cross for you and for that person that you love. Jesus loves them. Jesus loves him. Jesus loves her. Jesus loves them more than you do. And I want you to feel today almost like Jesus coming up beside you and helping you as you love them too. And I want you to feel that support of God's spirit on your side as he encourages you and just spurs you on and say, you can't quit. You can't stop. We're going to love this person until the end. 
So Jesus loves them more than you do. And here's what I want you to hear. In fact, I'll tell you what I'm going to do right here. I'm going to ask the, the musicians to come, and I'm going to finish this last one as, as they come or after they come. I'm not going to ask you to stand just yet. The first one is Jesus loves them more than you do. Now here's what I want you to hear though. Jesus loves you more than you love them or him or her. I think we forget that sometimes. We're so bound up sometimes in the, the love and the struggle to love someone, to reach someone, and we forget about how much God loves us. But Jesus loves you more than you love them. Long time ago, when my oldest daughter, Rebecca, was in the crib crying, she did, did one of those. I, probably none of you have ever had this, but we had a child who cried all night long. I know you, don't, you don't, never had to deal with that, but we did. Our, our, our first one cried all night long. And I remember going to her room uh, early, picking her up, and I don't know if any of you ever do this, but I don't know if you ever just stared at your child and thought about how much you love them. So I picked her up after crying all night long, and I was, I was holding her in my arms, and I was thinking about how much I love her. I've never had the Holy Spirit speak to me quite like this as he did that day. As I was holding her, saying, thinking how much I love her, the Holy Spirit said to me, but I love you, speaking to me, more. I love you more. Now, the first one would have been, the first one, Jesus loves them more than, more than you do. I, I think we get that. I could have held Rebecca in my, in my arms and the Holy Spirit said, I love her more than you do. I could have got that. I already knew that. But that was a, a new thing that God spoke to me. He said, I love you more than you love her. That's a lot. Because I don't always feel that. I don't always feel that. Our prayer time this morning is going to be about the, the thing that you would expect. If you need to, want to, need to come and pray for someone else. There's someone in your life that you love more than your own life. And you're concerned about them, love them. I very much get that. And that's probably the first thing that we would think of in our prayer time this morning is that you're praying for someone that you just really love and they need prayer. We, we're going to invite you to come. The other thing is sometimes we're so caught up in, in praying about our needs and other people's needs, we forget to just simply thank the Lord and, and praise Him. Wednesday night, we have our small group our, our adult small group and we always start with prayer and we
we started out and somebody thanked the Lord for something and somebody else praised the Lord for something and then somebody else thanked the Lord for something and finally I stopped all that and said look somebody's got to talk about something bad okay we can't have church without somebody talking about something bad so I, I'm, I don't know that it was, that it was James, James Baker, but I'm going to say it was. He had something bad. You know, we're just going to accuse him of it. But don't we do that sometimes in church? We're always talking about the bad. And forget about giving the Lord the praise for the good. I want you to come. If you have someone that you need to pray for, I want you to come. But maybe there's somebody that you just, you want to come and say, Lord, I thank you for them. I just, I want to come this morning and, and give you the praise for what you've done in them. I want to thank you for what they've become. I want to thank you for them. And then you may want to come and say, Lord, I thank you for loving me. I thank you for loving me probably don't do that a whole lot and I think we should do that more so it would be Lord I come because there's somebody I really need to pray for you need to come there may be, there, you may need to come and say Lord there's somebody I really want to thank you for you need to come you don't need to stay in your seat you need to come and you may need to come and say Lord I just want to thank you for loving me because I can sometimes be the most unlovable person in this house. But you love me anyway. I want to ask you to stand. They're going to play and sing. Can we do this also? Um, well, go, go, go ahead and come. And I'll, I'll speak after that. If you need to come, come and pray, come. Hear the voice of love that's calling There's a chair that waits for you And a friend who understands Everything you're going through You keep standing at a distance In the shadow of your shame But there's a light of hope that's shining Won't you come take your place? Nothing he ain't seen before For all your sin and all your sorrow and your sadness and There's a Savior and he calls Bring it all to the table He can see the weight you carry Fears that hold your heart But through the cross you've been forgiven You're accepted as you are And bring it all 
table It's nothing he ain't seen before For all your trials, all your worries and your burdens There's a Savior and he calls Bring it all to the table Bring it all Bring it all to the table.